Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Everybody, I am so happy to be back. You know, I've had so much fun um, talking about business a little bit on the podcast and inviting people to become uh, part of my Awaken Mastermind for Business. And doing that whole thing has taught me and reminded me how much my heart is truly in postpartum anxiety and depression work. So it is with my heart's joy and pleasure that I am back here on the podcast today. Talking about not just postpartum, but one of my favorite and most revolutionary principles for me personally that has to do with postpartum, and that is the heart being a refuge. Okay. Now, if you're not postpartum, I know this podcast draws women who aren't necessarily postpartum. Some women love this podcast, listen to it regularly, and their youngest might be four or five. So if that's you, I just want you to know always my stuff applies to you. I also want you guys to know that I'm going to be making an announcement and I decided I wanted to just give you a really juicy, good episode. This is one of my favorite topics. So I don't want to delay talking about the heart being a refuge for you. I want to teach you this, but I also want to tell you at the end of this episode, a new way that is coming. It's not ready yet but it's coming to work with me. And it's important that you hear about it today so that you can get on the interest list so that you don't miss it. So make sure that you listen to the end. If you don't have time to listen, fast forward to the end, but then come back and listen because this is going to be such a good episode. I can't tell you how much this concept of the heart being a refuge for us from our mind postpartum and the heart being a place where we we can go to balance our presence in our body and just our overall experience of our mind, body, and life. I just can't tell you what a difference it's made for me. So back in, let's, let's go ahead and dive in and then I'll, I'll give you the, the announcement at the end of the episode. Back in March, 2021, on March 31st, I recorded episode 102. It was called the ego postpartum. And just to do a brief review in case you haven't heard of that, because the ego and the heart are the two parts of you, they kind of go together. Those are the two parts where your conscious presence can be. You can either consciously be in your mind, right? The conscious mind, or you can consciously be in your heart, in the conscious heart. So the ego is identity. It is the opposite of the heart. I'm going to talk to you about the ego first, brief review. The ego is identity. It's the reason that we grieve a lot, And I think the word grieving is typically associated with losing somebody that you love, right? Somebody passing away. But when I say grieving, I mean even just the trouble that we have when plans change. Have you ever noticed that inflexibility, that attachment that we get to a certain plan? Maybe it was your birth plan and then the pandemic hit. Maybe it was something as simple as just the plans for the day and then a play date falls through or your husband's not going to be home till later and you had something planned. Those moments are when the ego really struggles. Also, just having a baby postpartum and feeling like you are somebody now that you were not before, which is actually true, 
at least for the, as far as the ego is concerned. And sometimes the ego really struggles with that. So if you want more on that, if that is resonating, go check out episode 102 to hear about the ego postpartum. But really to sum it up, the ego's number one job, which by the way, the ego is your brain. Okay. It's number one job is to take all new information, anything new and sort it into existing basically filing cabinets, okay, of what's familiar. So that if you see something new, it's only new for a brief moment. Only for a moment are you like, what the heck is that? And then somebody says, oh, you know those things that da-da-da-da. It's kind of like that, but it's a little bit more like this. And you're like, oh, okay. And then bloop, it just gets tucked away into a filing cabinet. And now you know what that new thing is. It's never going to be new again. The ego does that to kind of limit how overwhelmed you are with sensory things. And it's it's a nice feature of our brain, but it can be limiting when it comes to really deeply and profoundly being present with newness or even things that are the same old and just really experiencing something. Okay. So the ego can sometimes take away from our ability to really be present with something, to really deeply connect with something. Um, the ego doesn't love the unknown. The heart, however, already knows all. The heart is connected already to all that is. The heart is your spiritual epicenter. Okay. The heart doesn't think it just knows. I remember when I was learning about the heart from one of my very heart centered, Christ centered, uh, mentors, she was talking about the heart as being this amazing electromagnetic organ and how the brain, if it shuts down, the body can keep going. But if the heart shuts down, the body cannot keep going. And in fact, the heart can continue pumping without a body. Heart transplants, right? The heart is amazing. It's a standalone organ that is intelligent and so spiritually connected. Now, when I say and talk about in this episode, living from the heart or living in your heart or going to your heart, I'm not, I mean, yes, we're talking about the organ of the heart, but remember it's where you're putting your conscious focus. Okay. So it's where your experience lies. I have found this is the big revolutionary thing ever since I learned about the heart. So I have to give you a little bit of background. I came into the world of self-help and self-stabilization from a very head-centered, anxious place. I had no idea what it even meant to live from your heart. Now, if you would have said, get into your body, I might've kind of understood what you were talking about, but I still wouldn't have known how to do it. Okay. So this whole body and heart balance along with the brain and the ego and the mind, it was something totally new to me and I didn't know about it right away. So I found a lot of help with cognitive based coaching, ego based coaching, thought based coaching, but the heart was something relatively unexplored to me. And there came a point where especially I had used the, the kind of brain focused, thought focused coaching to sort out my thoughts, but I was still quite exhausted looking back. I was still subject to my brain and my thoughts. There were a lot of sticky thoughts and thought loops that I would get really buried and stuck in. I had really sticky thoughts. And what I've come to understand is that while you can coach your brain as much as you want to, there's always going to be another ego centered thought to try to keep you where you are, to try to keep you doing the lowest amount of work possible. There's just certain features and priorities that your brain has that you can escape from when you learn to go into your heart. 
And I've also found that when I teach my clients who typically come to me very heart-centered, or sorry, very brain-centered, very right, most women are, we are socially sort of rewarded. I would say most people are. All people are socially rewarded, but especially women are discouraged from being in their body, from being, you know, it, we're, we're talked to as seen as it's promiscuous if you do that or, or whatever. And that's changing a lot. And I, I value modesty and all the things, but I think historically we have found it safer socially to just be in our head, to be more in our thoughts and less in our body. And not, I'm not associating being in the body with like sensuality only necessarily. There's a lot of playfulness in the body. There's a lot of peace just being in your body. But going back to my clients, I noticed that as I started teaching meditation and other ways that I'm going to talk about to get into a heart space and to basically be free from thought, let me say that again, basically being free of any thought, leaving the brain, leaving conscious thought and going into the heart as a refuge. What I noticed is that as they did this regularly, like I'm talking throughout the rhythm of your day, maybe three or four times a day, their experience of their thoughts changed, how many thoughts they were having changed. They were no longer consumed by thoughts and getting stuck in thoughts and feeling subject to or trapped or overcome by thoughts. And they were instead having this lovely experience of their brain where they would use thought to carry out whatever the heart desired. And they were now in touch with their heart's truest desires. So this is what I'm talking about when I say living in from a heart space. If you guys hear weird noises, I promise it's just my leather chair that I'm sitting in. <laughs> um, so one more example, and then we're going to go ahead and talk about three key elements of the heart and how you can spend more time there and how it can benefit you postpartum. So this last example is I have found that the the head, the brain is like living in a city. It's loud. It's busy. There's tons of different opinions. There's lots of different voices and tugging and pulling. No, you should do this. You should do this. There's the guilt. There's confusion. There's indecision. This is all the brain. So living in your brain is like living in New York City 100% of the time outside with all that traffic and the heat of the day and no refuge, okay? Living in your heart and taking little vacations to your heart is like going on a hike in the pretty mountains where it's quiet and the air is fresh and cool. And maybe it's like going to a cabin or a cottage in the woods. That is the effect. Seriously, you guys, that is what it feels like to take a refuge and a, a trip through meditation or prayer down into your heart. See, the thing with prayer, I've prayed my whole life. Prayer, the tricky thing is it's a combination. You want to be praying from your heart, but a lot of times we actually are starting our prayers in such a head space that even though we have so much good intention and faith, those are, those are real and they are there, we're still in our head. And so we have limited access to really receiving back from the Spirit. I believe that the spirit carries messages to our heart. I definitely believe and have received revelation through thoughts in my mind. And I honestly believe a lot of that was because I just wasn't in my heart. It was vacant. Whereas now a lot of times I can make my brain be vacant and I can go down and spend some time in my heart. So today I'm going to do my best to articulate to you, if I haven't already, what it really means to live in your heart what the heart looks like, some truth that I have found about the heart. Now, reminding you, this is not like my church doctrine doctrine or anything. This is my personal thoughts through my own experiences, but hopefully this is going to be really inspiring and help you get to a more balanced, peaceful life through accessing your heart and having more of a balance between your heart and your brain.
which can I follow that up with? That means less anxiety all around. Anxiety kind of falls off the struggle list. It's not really a struggle anymore. Less depressiveness, less getting worked up, more patience and stability with your kids, and just more grounded wisdom and reception of spiritual guidance and direction, more intuition. All of this is stuff that you have to look forward to when you learn how to balance your brain and your heart and live from your heart and then use your brain to create and carry out what the heart has received and desires. So without further ado, let's jump into the first principle about the heart that you need to know to better understand how to live there and to really just be sold on this whole idea, which is the heart just is, right? The brain wants to reach into the past and into the the future. The heart is in the present moment. The heart just is. And when you are in your heart, you are only present because thoughts are what can take us to the past or the future. And there's a beautiful purpose in that. But sometimes we get kind of thrown around to the past and the future when really all that we need and all that would benefit us is being in the present. There's a scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. And as I've done this heart-centered work, I've realized it's not just saying, hey, be still and know that I'm God, like two different little commandments, like be still and know that I'm God. Those two are said together, my understanding is, because it is as you are still, you will know God. You will experience God. I believe that when we are present, not in the future or the past, when we are in the present moment, that is the only place where we can connect to God. So you can see how if you're really stuck in your head in the future or the past, it's going to be difficult to receive and connect with the divine. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Another example I like to think of with this is that your body is a temple, right? We know that from the Bible. Our body is a sacred temple in which the Spirit of God dwells as we are worthy to receive that. And so when we go into our brain, it's as if we're leaving the temple. When we go to the future, I shouldn't say our brain like altogether, but when we are not present, when we are like in the future, panicking, thinking of scary things or when we're in the past. And I guess there's a particular tone to it, right? Because you can be in the future and be very calm and you can be present with the future. But it's when we are in this place of fear and worry and um, kind of irrational fears, that's when we essentially are checking out of our temple. We're no longer engaged in the body, really experiencing the body. Same thing with when we're like beating ourselves up or overanalyze something, analyzing something in the past. Whereas the heart 
I like to think of it as the altar of the temple. So Jesus Christ tells us to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, right? When he came, he replaced the law of Moses with his higher law. And the only thing he required for sacrifice was no longer an animal sacrifice, but a sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I like to believe that a broken heart is an open heart. It's broken open and it's humble and it's open. It's present. It's willing to receive. That is the sacrifice that that Jesus Christ's law requires and which his gospel is founded upon. And so really when you when you step back and think about it, it's quite profound thinking of the heart as a refuge and as just being present. So that's number 1 is the heart just is. Now, I want to say your brain here might be asking what does it mean? Like how do you go into your heart? Okay, and I just I'm going to talk about that more at the end, but I just want to give you a little taste here just in case you're like kind of stuck on that is you turn off your mind. And that's a skill by the way. It's a skill to learn how to stop hearing your mind and being present with your thoughts and to be more present and bring all of your presence down to your heart where there is no thought, there's just knowing and there's just presence and intuition. Um, And when you learn this skill, you have such a level up on anxiety, on moodiness. I mean, my clients who have done heart work and heart meditations with me and even my group coaching program, it's called Heal Your Heart, Heal Your Home. And these people, both in my group and my private clients are saying that they're sleeping better. And I'm literally just writing down things that I remember just from this week's clients. They're sleeping better. They're making more intuitive eating choices. They're feeling closer to God in their prayers. They're regularly meditating and feeling more calm. They're feeling so calm and peaceful. They're doing what they want to do and finally tuning into their desires because your desires are in your heart. So a lot of times when women are like, I just don't even know what I like to do anymore. And they feel really lost. They feel like they've lost themselves. They lost touch with their desires. That's a good indicator that you are up in your head and you're kind of stuck in your head. Okay. So that's just sort of a vision of what it's like to live in the heart and Long story short, the living in the heart piece just comes from learning how to tune out of your mind. And it's not a one and done. It's a skill that takes practice. And so that's something that we work on in my programs and and you can work on it with me more on that at the end. All right. The second principle or truth or whatever thought about the heart that I want to share is that the heart is our spiritual epicenter. Think about how many times through the Bible and other scriptures you hear the word heart. So one thing I already mentioned is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. God knows and cares about the desires of your heart. People can harden their hearts. They can have a hard heart or they can have a soft heart. So your heart is where you receive spiritual things. It's the spiritual epicenter. It is the kind of the tone of your heart is indicates how you're doing spiritually When you learn to live in your heart, you learn to live in a spiritually receptive and very in tune way. Not because you're not in tune if you're in your brain or not because revelation can't be received in our brain, but sometimes our our human brain, I like to think of that as our natural man. Now, the the natural man through Christ can be enlightened and inspired. So I'm not making the brain and our thoughts out to be the enemy in any way. 
But when we're in our heart and we really base our existence and our presence in our heart, um, not only does it enlighten our mind, but it kind of protects us from that natural man in our mind that wants to do what's efficient, that's always looking out for the, you know, it tends to lean towards fear. It's always looking out for what could go wrong. It gets very problem solvy and we can get very sticky and stuck up there. So again, um, experiencing the heart as a spiritual epicenter is a skill. It's not just reading your scriptures and saying your prayers. It's the skill of taking your energy in your body and directing it to be present in your heart and specifically turning off your brain. Um, and truth number three here is finally, your heart is the big I am. So let me explain that. In episode 102, when I talk about the ego postpartum, I teach that the ego is the little, the small I am, right? A lowercase I am. The heart is the big I am. So the ego, lowercase I am, it's the labels, okay? This is the ego first. The labels we put on us, like I am a mom. Um, I am this many years old. This is my name. This is my last name. This is my vocation, this is where I'm from. I'm a teacher, right? It's this temporary identity that we use with words that kind of creates this sense of identity on earth. And these are useful for our life on earth. But if all of those were stripped away, let's say you didn't have kids anymore. Let's say you didn't have your teacher job and you didn't have the name that you have. Who would you be? Who is your true essence? Let's say your parents and your lineage was taken away and you weren't anyone's daughter. Or you weren't anyone's employee. Who is your true essence? Who are you really? And that is your capital I am. That's your big I am. It's just it's just your spirit. It's the spirit. It's just who like your essence. It's away from all the thoughts and all the labels we put on ourselves to try to identify ourselves and that identity that the ego loves to build to feel secure. And it's this really kind of stripping all of that back and um it's just that true essence. So that's the capital I am. That is your heart. So when you take the time to spend time with just your essence and you strip away all the thoughts that relate to the trees that you see outside or the other people or the things you see on television, and you just start to spend time with your essence, you connect with it and you feel it. That's when you are living in your heart. The most wonderful thing that happens when you know how to live in your heart and when you use this skill throughout your postpartum and your motherhood is that your mind slows down, your experience of your mind completely changes. That's what I mean when I say the heart is a refuge. The heart is a refuge from an overactive mind that can create all sorts of symptoms like anxiety, panic attacks, um, moodiness, and just really getting stuck in certain behavioral patterns and thought patterns, kind of thought loops that you just can't seem to get out of, obsessions. So your mind, when you get into your heart regularly and you know how to turn off your brain, your mind calms down when you are up in your mind and you put your mind and your thoughts into actual good use. They work for you rather than them consuming you and working against you. They don't feel like they run the show. They don't take over. You don't get stuck there. So you might be asking, how do we live from the heart? And really that's a huge, um, I wouldn't say it's a huge undertaking as in it's scary or something, but it is something that does take practice. That being said, I want to give you just three really quick points. And then I'm going to talk to you about how you can work with me 
to really do this work and develop this skill so you can have this more calm, heart-centered life that I'm talking about. Um, so real quick, how do we live from the heart? We've got meditations and other heart-centered, heart-opening things. So for me, that's walking in nature. That's literally putting my feet on the grass. Um, I, sometimes I even just put my hand on my heart and I take my, the intention of my brain and I imagine myself opening my heart. I do a lot of those heart-opening visualizations in my meditations. So that's something that we can talk about doing together. Um, turning off your thoughts and just practicing presence. So not overanalyzing the past or overthinking the future, over planning, but being in this moment right here, right now. Children are such a great teacher to us with practicing presence. They just are present. Very rarely do they have questions about what's to come in the future. Now, you might have a child who does do that more, and that's great because as you do this work of getting more heart-centered, you will easily be able to just naturally, your kids will respond to that too. That's why I say heal your heart, heal your home. That means unwinding your children and maybe the dynamics in your marriage from all of the head-centered symptoms we experience, like the anxiety, the getting frustrated more easily, getting too tied to our plans, et cetera. Okay. I'm finally ready to make the announcement that I talked to you about at the beginning of this episode. I want you to know that, um, the demand for my coaching has grown. I think there's a lot of Christian women who are wanting to find themselves again, postpartum, wanting to have less anxiety and know what the heck to do with all that anxiety feeling a little bit nervous about the depressiveness that swings now and then, and just all around wanting support postpartum and specifically Christ-centered support and specifically with me because I've been through it. And I love that. I have been so honored. My hands, both hands have been full. I mean, my business has been full. I've had anywhere from 16 to 18 plus clients at one given time for a while now. And I have grown as my demand in this business, as you guys and, and the demand that you guys have given um, has grown, so have I. And we've all grown together. So my clients, if, I mean, if you go to my website, you'll see that they've gotten amazing results, which has just tickled me because I started this practice from really just having a big heart to help women with my own experience. So my women, you know, my women, that sounds a little weird, but my clients, their results have grown and they're just doing so well. And I have grown in my philosophy in, oh my gosh, like, I mean, thousands of hours of coaching experience. I'm learning energy work and integrating that into the healing that we do. Um, and for a while I didn't have any offering that could kind of match the demand. And so my strategy was to raise my prices. And so as I raised my prices higher and higher, I could kind of tamper the, is that the word temper the demand just a little bit for me, um, as it came, but I also didn't love doing that in some ways because it meant more women couldn't work with me, even though they really wanted to. Um, and I, I understood that, but I had nothing else to do at the moment. Well, now I've taken some time, I've taken some capital and I am creating a membership to help more women. And I have thought through it thoroughly without cutting corners, right? Without sacrificing the precious process that I take women through very much individually, very intimately, I still want to create a very you and me intimate experience. So what I'm doing is I am prefacing the membership 
with a course. So everybody that joins the membership, and this excludes past clients. If you are a past client, you don't have to buy the course because you already know all the stuff. But anybody that hasn't worked with me yet in my group or my private coaching, you'll buy the course, the postpartum anxiety course, which services more than just anxiety. Okay. But I'll tell you more on that as we get closer to launching it. You'll buy the course. Everybody's going to go through the course together so that we all really, really, really get on the same page. And you can see how that, as everybody has those those, um, foundational tools under their belt, then when you come into the membership after doing the course, you're ready to ask questions on implementing all the stuff and you're ready for more. So everybody knows the basics. This is going to help everybody help each other. It's going to help me know where you all are. And the time that we spend in our weekly coaching calls in the membership, I'm not going to have to be teaching and repeating myself the same stuff over and over. You guys are all going to know it. You can remind each other of it. And you're just going to come to me with the specific little questions that come up as you start to take what you've learned through the course and implement it. And then that also means that the membership gets to be more 2.0 level stuff. So if everybody's willing to buy the course and go through the course, the membership can be next level. And that's what I love the most about requiring this course, again, excluding past clients and people who have worked with me in my programs, um, requiring this course for any founding members and members that come after this founding launch is that it just unifies, it streamlines everything, and it makes us more prepared for kind of the meteor stuff. In the membership, let me give you a little synopsis. Synopsis, is that the right word? I don't know. I'm using all the words today. Who knows if they're right or not? (laughs) In the membership, here's what you can expect, and then I'll tell you about the cost and stuff like that for founding members. So in the membership, you're going to have weekly coaching. These are what I know so far, but remember, the founding members, you guys are going to tell me what you want and what you don't. So this could change based on those of you who come in this first group. You guys could say, Hey, we don't actually love this, but we want more of this, you know? So this could change. But so far, what I have is I know we're going to be doing weekly coaching. I can guarantee that for sure. Coaching calls, open coaching calls for whatever comes up. It's not just related to the course. It can be anything that's happening in your life. Okay. So weekly coaching, we're definitely going to do some meditation stuff. There's going to be a private podcast. I am so stoked about that. I already have it. I've started writing and recording episodes for it. I recorded my own intro and outro with my voice and I'm singing on it. It's going to be so good. And on that podcast, we're going to kind of deviate from just postpartum specific. So the postpartum coach podcast is still going to be home base, even if you're in my membership for all things postpartum. In the Healing and Home podcast, which is the private podcast in the membership, we're going to kind of deviate from just postpartum themes, and we're going to just talk more womanhood, motherhood, marriage, um, and any any other just tools and energy work and just stuff that I feel like I cannot say on this podcast because this is more like constrained to just getting the help postpartum. So I'm really excited for those of you who have already worked with me for a while. Maybe you've gone through one of my programs or you've worked with me one-on-one. I think you're really going to love the private podcast for even more Lizzie in a way that you maybe haven't tasted yet. So that's some of the stuff that you can expect along with sort of worksheets, printables, just anything to really facilitate your learning long-term. I'm just going to over-deliver in the extreme. And to become a founding member, you're going to get the membership for less than everybody else. So you're going to get the course. If you need to buy the course, if you haven't worked with me, you'll get that 50% off which is 
crazy. I'm so excited though. And then you'll also get the membership almost 50% off as well for the rest of your life. It's like your lifetime, you know, or however long you want to be in it. Um, but you will never have to pay the rate that I'm going to market this for like the market value rate. And that is because number one, I appreciate you guys. You've been with me from the beginning. You've given me so much feedback already. And number two, I want to make this an easy yes for you so that you can help me really shape what this course is going to be. You guys are the most important part. Okay. The branding and the content is only ever as good as the feedback I can get from you guys. Obviously I come up with amazing ideas. I'm really good at what I do. I can do all that, but I would love your direction. I would love to know what you want more of and what maybe we can cut out because I want this membership to be like, unlike any other postpartum membership there is. I think there's so many holes in the medical industry. Like there's so many, um, kind of just spots where they don't really cover us. And then in therapy, there's also some sort shortages. And so I'm hoping that this coaching, this coaching membership will be what the medical community really just cannot give because of its structure, because of the legal pieces. I'm just so excited to be able to just catch women where, where other sources of help just don't frankly. Um, so here is the number one thing you need to do. This is your takeaway. If you are interested, if you're like, yes, I'm interested in the course. Yes. I'm interested in the membership sign me up. Or you're just like, I want to know more when she, you know, comes out with it. You're going to email me today. You need to email me for two reasons. Number one, I want to gauge the interest so that I have an idea of how many people are starting in the group, in the membership. So number one, I need to gauge interest. And number two, I really don't want you to miss it. I really, really wouldn't want that to happen. And if you're not on my email list, I can't guarantee. And even if you are on my email list, we're making a specific segment and that we're going to be really heavily making sure you guys hear about the founding members launch. So if you're interested, even if you're already on my list, and especially if you're not email me today, Lizzie at lizzylangston.com. That's Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E at Lizzie Langston, L-A-N as in Nancy, G-S-T-O-N as in Nancy.com. Lizzie at lizzylangston.com. Email me today. Make sure you do that and just put the subject as like membership and um, just let me know in the body of the email. Hey, I'm interested in being a founding member. I'm interested when you release it. I'm interested in a more, whatever. Okay. Just email me Lizzie at lizzylangston.com. Make sure you do that so that I can know that you're interested. And when we're ready to roll, you will be the first to hear. You won't miss the reduced prices because once that founding members launch is closed, it's going to be at my regular rates. The course will be twice as expensive. So I don't want you to miss it at this rate. I want to reward you for being here, for listening, for interacting with me at this, at these early stages of my business. Email me Lizzie at lizzylangston.com. I love you guys. We'll talk to you next week and maybe I'll see you in my inbox. Take care. Bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.